0: Hi listeners, it's Jen. This week, we have a special treat for you. I had the privilege of interviewing one of my favorite bands, Goons. The interview was so much fun that we decided not to edit anything out. So, you'll get my interview with the Goons in two parts. Episode 1 will air this Monday, and episode 2 next Monday. So, please enjoy this special two-part series featuring Goons. Hey Sydney. Hey Cole.
1: Hey Jen. Hey
2: Jen.
0: What are you listening to this week? Welcome to What Are You Listening To This Week, the weekly podcast where we talk about our favorite songs. Some old, some new, all good. I'm Jen Tully, and this week I'm joined by Sydney Simpson and Timothy Cole Burris, the pop songwriting power couple known as Goons. Goons is a nostalgia-inducing indie pop band that draws from all of your favorite 80s sounds while somehow managing to be totally fresh and original. On this week's episode, we're going to discuss all things Goons, from their new album, Come a Little Closer, to how they're able to nail the sounds of the 80s. Also, did you know that now on Spotify, you can listen to the show with the songs we discuss incorporated? Just search for What Are You Listening To With Music? If you're not listening on Spotify, be sure to give the playlist a listen and then tune into our conversation. With that, let's get started. Goons, I cannot wait to talk about your music.
2: We can't either. We're so happy that you had us on the podcast. We're excited to be here.
1: This is way too much fun. I love this.
0: (laughs) Yay, me too, me too. And so we started with like being really pleasant and excited to be here. And then I give you this really terrible assignment, right? (laughs) Yes. The really terrible assignment of only choosing two songs from your catalog to discuss today—it was hard for me to pick only two songs, so I know it must have been really impossible for you guys. So, tell me how you approached it. That Sydney, did you pick one? And Cole, you picked one. How did you guys handle this uh, this awful assignment I laid upon you?
1: <laughs> well, I think it's I think it's handy that so far we we have two major bodies of work that we have there's the first album that we put out that Cole wrote primarily and then our second album that just came out uh in the past month and we really co-wrote and collaborated on that together so it was like why don't we pick one from each of those projects that we think has just really represented some of the best of each of those kind of seasons in our writing and in what Goons has become and so uh yeah we we just picked a song from each of those
2: yeah, and it was not easy because we uh we may be a small indie band, but we were counting up our songs recently that we have released. I think we have 27 songs on Spotify. Mm-hmm. So it's a big body of work for us to sift through. Um but we we kind of just picked what our first, you know, we we thought about it very very briefly and kind of with our gut instinct. We're like, I think these two songs would Yeah,
1: be good. we both we actually both pretty much had a pretty gut instinct. We were both pretty much on the same page of what which ones we would pick, so that was handy.
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: Excellent. Yeah, no no brawls. I don't want anyone like fighting <laughs> or bands breaking up over this for sure. So save, tell save me... that for the songwriting session. That's right. That's right. Um tell me what song you chose first.
2: The first one that we jumped to uh is called To the Sky and it was one of the most recent songs that we wrote. Uh and I had kind of had the idea ever since I was a kid I have loved Phil Collins and I've loved uh, Tarzan and the, the Tarzan soundtrack and I, I had always wished that I had written one of the songs on it and when I got older and got a lot better at producing I was kind of struck with I think I can actually make something that sounds that that way now and so I did I came to Sydney with A kind of idea where i was like i want to write something that sounds like we're in the jungle that would basically have come off of the tarzan soundtrack and so that's how it began and it kind of became one of our favorite songs on the album and so far it is uh it's the most streamed song on our new album so it's widely accepted and widely liked which is wonderful
0: I love it. Well, you'll hear me say this a lot. Really, there's not a song that I don't love. And I can confirm that you have 20 songs on Spotify currently because I have them all living in a playlist that I keep (laughs) on constant repeat. (laughs) So, yes, that's right. That's the right number. Um, And in regards to To The Sky, it's interesting that you brought up Phil Collins and Tarzan. I can totally hear it now. But the notes that I wrote when I first heard it is that I get a little bit of like Lionel Richie all night long. I get. A little bit of Billy Ocean, Caribbean Queen. I even got a little bit of like La Isla Bonita, a little bit of Madonna, right? And so, again, every time I listen to your music, I'm amazed at how how many influences I can hear in it without it sounding derivative, right? It doesn't sound like you're copying it. It doesn't sound like a cover song. It doesn't even sound like musical theater, you know, which I feel like it could easily cross into. It just sounds like these songs were literally marinated in 80s music. And like what you've taken is sort of the best of all of it. Um, And To the Sky is just one of those feel-good, 80s anthems and your voices every single time are like a one-two punch you know a lot of times I talk about when especially when people are harmonizing how supportive they sound of one another and your voices are so clear and so strong that every time you come in whether it's you know backing vocals or whether it's harmonizing or whether it's a duet every time it's just boom boom you know it's like a (laughs) one-two punch is the best way I can say it because your voices are so versatile Um, I just, I I can't get enough. So this song, I was so happy you you. guys picked this song because this is one of my favorites
2: too. It is certainly my favorite.
0: Is it? Yeah. Well, we'll, yeah. G- we'll get to my favorite when I get to my picks, um, but I do love this one. Um, and I also like the lyrics in this one, you know, nothing too hard to climb, let your heart open wide. It's just like this really positive message. It makes you happy. It's uplifting. And then you get this horns, you have bongos. There's like a sweet breakdown at the end. I mean, mm-hmm. it's really got everything, you guys.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, doing a song like this one, I mean, we have found in starting to break into the music industry and even going and playing live gigs and making it through a pandemic that we found ourselves wanting to surround ourselves with music or things that just really helped uplift us and that focused on things a little with a little bit more positivity, but without it being trite or tropey. And that's always... uh, you know, that's always been a big question for us is being like, what do we feel like people are getting when they come to a Goon's show or when they listen to our music? And it's that we love making music that genuinely just helps kind of lift the load for people and helps take them to a time when it felt like, it feels like it's easier to move through life when I give myself permission to enjoy music that feels like this. And I think Cole to the Sky is a really great example of how hard... Cole has worked individually as a producer to learn how to take the most of his skill set and create, I mean, all of the sounds into the sky were created on a computer. Like, there's not, outside of the live guitar and bass, everything else in it is things that he created in Logic, and I think that it's a really incredible reflection of how he's gotten at his craft so that we could sit down, the two of us in a room, and go we love music that is huge and sweeping and that, you know, kind of takes us to this other level. How can we do this in a small room (laughs) and make this possible? Uh, And it made it so that by the time that we played that for the first time live at our album release show, I was, I was just so proud. I was like, I love that we have determined that if we can push ourselves to make music that exists on this kind of a scale and share it with other people and, and have so many other people respond to it with so much positivity. Like it can't get any better than that. Like it's just so um, it feels almost very indulgent. But I mean, I think that's a huge part of why we love making music like this.
0: Yeah. And it feels, you know, like just to, to further that it feels indulgent to me. To listen to it, to be able to go back to that time when it was so simple and and things were more positive. You didn't have the darkness in the news. I mean, of course, it wasn't all good news in the 80s. I'm not suggesting that, but it wasn't so constant, right? You didn't have a 24-hour news cycle. You didn't have mm-hmm. cell phones. You weren't accessible all the time. You weren't buried in it. And I've said this before on the show that especially, you know, with art that came during the pandemic, you know, I always heard people saying, especially as we were starting to come out a little bit like, oh, when are things going to get back to normal? When are things going to get back to normal? And I can always remember thinking, like, I don't want it to go back to normal. I want it to go forward to better, right mm, and that's yeah. what this does for me this like I think a lot of us during COVID like kind of cut the cord on stuff that just wasn't serving us or wasn't making us happy and this is something that does feel so indulgent for me to dive into every time and just be like oh I get to go to this place that's so happy and so fun and so innocent and again you guys can just your voices just soar on some of the tracks and it just take you take me with you every single time so I thank you for that and i love it i love that about your music um well we talked a little bit about um something from the new album so let's talk about your second pick which was from the first album year of the goon
2: yes yeah our second pick was fight the feeling from year of the goon and that's actually one of the first songs uh that i ever wrote for this project and yeah, I was listening to you know. It's funny the the new album we tried we tried to make it feel in some ways like it's similar to the old album, but they are very fundamentally different in their sound textures. Um, yep. I think Sydney Sydney had said at one point when this album came out that our first album was centered around the word drive, and our second album was centered around the world the word dance or groove.
1: Dance and groove, yeah. <clears throat> yes. Yeah, and, and I when agree. I wrote.
2: When I wrote Fight the Feeling I was listening to a lot of Talking Heads and a lot of Journey. Um and I I have always loved with all of my heart the power harmonies of the 80s that Journey used to do. Um yes. when they would have these big builds for like 3 minutes of their song and then all of a sudden there would be like five male voices just absolutely Stacked destroying on top of each other. <laughs> yeah, it's just so yes. I just thought it was so cool. And uh my natural singing voice is not like that. My natural singing voice is very much like David Byrne from The Talking Heads. Um, I have a very low register. And so I find it natural to kind of sing that way. And I like the percussion of The Talking Heads. And so I was kind of like, I want to find a way to marry those two together um, and kind of write a song that starts feeling very Talking Heads and kind of opens up and ends in like a really big, wide 80s kind of emotional statement kind of feeling. And so that's, yeah, that's where the original idea for that came from.
0: Yes. So, and, and everything you're saying again, I'm like, yep. That check, check that box. Check that box. That tracks. Um, I definitely got David Byrne. Um, I definitely, you know, Talking Heads, obviously David Byrne. Um, same thing, kind of. Um, and then I also got Oingo Boingo. Like that oh, yeah. kind of Oingo oh, yeah. Boingo to me. Um, I heard the Cars in there. Oh, um, I, really I love the Cars. <laughs> I heard the Cars. Heard a little bit of Devo. Um, yeah. And yeah. then. The one that really, like where I really landed with this track, and I'm going a little bit obscure because this band was not as huge in America as they were in the UK, but a band called Sparks. Um, They had a great song called angst in my pants and monster of love from the Valley girls soundtrack. Um, And so especially lyrically, it really evoked that for me whenever I was listening, I'm like, Oh, this is so sparks and nobody, you know, nobody covers sparks or goes down that track. So I loved that. I thought that it was. And, And then, like you said, like you, it's got this kind of very David Byrne feel in the opening with your voice. And then not quite halfway through the song changes direction a bit. And like, you were referencing, you know, coming in sort of journey style, but you come in with these super earnest vocals. Like it just sounds like you're really like you're longing all of a sudden. So you've gone from this very like, um, again, like kind of a Devo bit into this very like, um, yeah, earnest is just the word that I kept feeling and saying when I was saying it. I just, both of you, your voices are so versatile. That blows me away on every track.
2: Thank you. I appreciate that so much. It's uh when you mentioned so two artists that you mentioned, the cars, first of all. We can only go so long in any conversation I ever have without mentioning the cars, because that's <laughs> that's my number one influence in, in my life is Love. When I was a very, very young child, I remember having three cassette tapes in the car uh that my mom would always cycle through and have us listen to and one of them was The Cars' greatest hits. Uh, the other yes. two were ACDC, Back in Black, and The Grease soundtrack. Yes. But I fell in love with The Cars, and I have always, like, they have always been my kind of return to kinship kind of feeling band. Um, Rick Ocasek is, like, one of my greatest idols. <laughs> I love Same. that guy. But uh, it's funny you mentioned Sparks because I actually had never heard of them and never listened to them until after we had written this whole album. And our manager mentioned Sparks to me uh, in a, yeah. a very strange and interesting documentary about, about them. And, and I kind of had a weird kinship with them afterwards. But it, it was interesting like discovering a band that I, f- I feel like sounds a lot like us that I had never heard of in my life. Uh, it was kind of a fun experience.
0: Yeah. It's so cool. I was curious. I'm like, I wonder if they've heard like the sound so much like them. I wonder like it, if it if you're if you're both just so gifted at what you do in terms of channeling the 80s that you'd heard you hadn't heard of them or like, oh, this really did inform that song. So, I love that it was the former.
1: I think that it's been a really interesting process. Like when I first came into the band, Cole was in the process of writing this first album. And I came in as somebody that was just trying to offer some background vocal to these stacks of harmonies that he was wanting to make. We were He was like, we haven't had a female vocal presence in this project so far, but I've heard some of what you can do harmony-wise. And I've always tended to live a little bit more in the kind of upper range of my voice. And I love mm-hmm. ah, getting up high and crazy. It's fun and comfortable oh, for me. so." our initial even just getting together in the studio was Cole being like, okay, well, what do you feel comfortable with stacking on this? And I was like, just start trying me out on a couple levels. And uh, some of the songs on that very first album that we started playing around with our harmonies, like we we were, I, I would say kind of surprised and yet not surprised at how quickly and well we were on the same page in terms of vocally blending. I think somehow – uh Cole is a far more extensive instrumentalist than I am when it comes to actual other physical instruments but for me singing's always been my first instrument singing's the thing I've I've done the longest so it was really fun to get to come into a project and be like how can we just like allow this to be as rich and stacked as possible yeah. uh I, I it made it really fun for me to get to come in and and dream about that with Cole's initial vision and then the more that we went on to write and again to perform these things live, getting to sing like that together live has just been the best. The absolute best. And to get Ugh. such wonderful feedback from people that that is one of the biggest things that they walk away from from our shows is going, I I mean, the music itself is already so full, but listening to how you guys are so in sync with each other vocally is kind of insane um and for us it's just i don't know it just feels so good so
2: yeah i think it's very yeah. important for both of us so it's yeah. been something that we individually we try very very hard to make sure that we aren't slacking in because um, in terms of the music that both of us want to write vocals are a really really important piece um and having very clear present emotional vocals that like we always when we talk about vocals we And we talk about the 80s. We talk about how vocals were saying with conviction in the 80s. uh, And now they're kind of saying with or sung, I suppose, is the proper way to say that. But sung with very like a lot of apathy. um, Mm. And that's fine. It's a style choice. You know, like Billie Eilish has a very cool style, but that's just not for us. Uh, It doesn't make the kind of music that we want to make. And so we focus very heavily on making sure the vocals are... good to us you know and hopefully good to everybody else that was part one of jen's interview with goons join her again next monday for the second half of that interview and to find your new favorite song